feel comfortable. Oh God, we thank You for all that You've done. But we know You are the God of so much more. And so God, we make room for You. God, we make room for You to continue to move and shift things, to heal, to restore, to redeem. God, to resurrect. And we know that you're not done yet. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Everyone shouted? Amen, amen, amen. God is gonna do incredible things tonight while you take your seats. Why don't you high-five 15 people? Jesus, you're the center, and everything revolves around you, Jesus, you. So from my heart to the heavens, Jesus, be the center, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the head. Come on, sing. Jesus, be the center. One more time, just sing it again. From my heart. Come on, align your heart. Align your faith. Align your hope. Align it all to Him. Yes, it's all about breakthrough or no breakthrough. My heart to the heavens, Jesus, you're the center. No matter the result, no matter the result, you remain the center, God. No matter if you come through today or you come through tomorrow or you come through in five years or 10 years, God, my feet are solid on this fact. You are the center. You are my focus. You are king. You remain on the throne. Come on, confess it tonight. Prophesy it tonight. Align every part of your being with that confession tonight. 
You know, I have a word in my heart tonight. And the word is that tonight you participate in your miracle. And one of the things that I love, I love, I love about environments like this is it's one thing. It's one thing for me to have faith on my own and my own household and uh, in, in, in my own life, but it's a completely different thing to come into a room like this and then my faith and your 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 faith and his faith and their faith and it all joins together and we come together and we lift God up together and there's a release from heaven that is unlike no other. But sometimes that can mean we just kind of sit back a little bit and just, you know, like we'll see what God will do. And I guess, okay, but tonight I really believe that you're gonna participate in your miracle. Are you ready? Yeah, okay, awesome. Well, take a seat. Yeah, good times. Oh, hey, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Esther. Hi. Hello. I'm from New Zealand. But the brown is from Fiji. Um, yeah, I can't speak Fijian, don't ask me. Um, and tonight, that's what I really believe. I really believe that tonight you will understand the confession or, the, or, or what Jesus said, which was your faith made you well. Your faith made you well. And we heard it, to, we heard it today from Pastor Samuel Rodriguez when he talked about the woman with the issue of blood. Daughter, your faith has made you well. The 10 lepers, your faith has made you well. The blind beggar, your faith has made you well. The Roman officer, because you believed it, it happened. The woman whose daughter was demon possessed, your faith, because your faith was great, your request has been granted tonight your faith will make you well. Your faith, your faith, your faith. That's why we're coming together tonight so that your faith can lift. Because when your faith comes into contact with God, then miracles can be released in Jesus' Name. And here it is, is that in everything that God has created, He's created with the ability to multiply right? In all of creation, in everything that He has created, He has created it with the ability to multiply. But in order for the multiplication to happen, there's got to be a few things that are in order. First of all, there's got to be proximity, and then there's got to be intimacy. Don't think about that too much, right? In order for multiplication to happen, yeah. There's gotta be proximity and there's gotta be intimacy. And so if the enemy wanted to stop, if the enemy wanted to stop you, all he needs to do is ensure that you are not intimate with God. If the, that's all he's gotta do. He doesn't need to send a big tragedy your way. He's just gotta ensure that you yourself from God because when you have proximity or oh, watch out now 
When you've got proximity with God, when you're close enough with Him, when you're intimate with God, this, it's a principle of the kingdom that everything is transferred relationally, right? So all that's got to happen is the enemy just needs to create a little bit of distance. And this is why, this is why praise and worship is imperative to your walk. This is why praise and worship is imperative. Why, come on, what does Psalm 100 verse four say? It's gonna come up on the screen, so you know. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, go into His courts with praise. Come on, what's that talking about? It's talking about that's how you get proximity. That's how you get close. That's the reason why we're my response will always be to praise, right? Because that ensures we get proximity. I think some of us are really strong. I think we persevere in God and I, I, I think strength and perseverance is good and I think determination is good. I think what's more useful is the determination to praise. I think that's more useful is a determination to praise that no matter what's going on, I know how to enter into His presence. No matter what's going on, I know how to walk straight into the presence of God and nothing is gonna keep me from ensuring that my praise gets released from my lips, yeah? Yes, can you agree? And I think sometimes there's lots of us running around and we're getting frustrated and we want to possess the promise, but we ain't got no proximity because we don't know how to praise. We want to possess the promise, but we can't get proximity anywhere near it because we don't know how to enter in. If we would only enter in, we'd be close enough to just touch the hem of His garment. If we would only enter in, if we would only walk in, you know, Acts chapter 16, we all know this suddenly moment where Paul and Silas are thrown into prison and they're there and verse, verse 25 is gonna come up on the screen, says, that they were praying and singing, singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Next verse. Suddenly, say suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, hey? And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. That's a literal prison. Do you know how long it would take just to out of sheer determination to shake the foundations of that prison yourself? <laughs> a long time. You know what I mean? But for some of us, that's what your Christian walk looks like. <laughs> I need to get out of here. And we're trying to, we're trying to just pull open it just with our sheer strength. Right, our sheer strength. Our sheer ability just to turn up to church every Sunday is a good thing. 
a sheer ability just to turn up, that's a great thing. But if we're not entering in, we've got no proximity to the power. We've got all the skill and no power. And one of the most, one of the most crucial keys that I have learned walking with Jesus is not looking good, although I'm good at that. <laughs> I'm actually really not. My friends literally dressed me this whole week. (laughs) But one of the keys I have learned is I've learned the importance of praise. I've learned how to praise Him. I've learned how to open my mouth. I've learned how to ignore what I see with my eyes and how to see in the Spirit of God. I've learned. And what I've learned is just like in Acts 16 is that praise, and this is, praise is is a catalyst. My friends, praise is a catalyst. For those of you who didn't pay attention in fifth form science, I'm going to read you a definition because neither did I. (laughs) A catalyst is a substance that speeds up a chemical reaction, but it is not consumed by the reaction. So a catalyst can be recovered unchanged at the end of the reaction, and it has simply been used to speed up the transformation. That's what praise is. Praise is a catalyst that when we engage with God, when we engage with praise, not a formula, not a time slot in a service, but when we engage with praise, it's a catalyst in transformation. And it's crazy because we think the transformation is our situation. But that can get us in trouble. Another key that I've learned is that we should not put our faith in a result. We should put our faith in God. And that way, when the, when the transformation takes place, most of the time I realize that the transformative power happened not around me, but in me. I was waiting for my circumstance to change. Meanwhile, God changed me. I was waiting for things to shift and everything to become perfect. I was waiting for dad to say, I'm sorry. I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. And the whole time as I was waiting, I learned to open my mouth and to praise and to praise Him anyway. It's not changing, but I praise you anyway. It's not happening, but I praise you anyway. I can't see any difference, but I praise you anyway, God. And then I wake up and I realize, oh my gosh, I look a little bit like him. Well, look at that. I thought I was good looking before. Man, kindness looks good on me. Love looks good on me. Joy looks good on me. Patience looks good on me. Authority looks good on me. Anointing looks good on me. For no other reason but proximity. 
for no other reason but proximity. And we want to call praise like jumping up and down and a great track. But in Jesus' name, praise. I pray that you realize praise is a catalyst for you tonight. That as you praise, as you praise, as you open your mouth, as you stand up, as you consider your situation and your challenge, as you consider all that's going on around you, but you realize God is great anyway. God is good anyway. God is strong anyway. God is able. God can heal the blind. He can cause the mute to speak. He can cause the lame to walk. He can part the Red Sea. That's my God. And so I will keep on praising anyway. Psalm 117 verses 1 to 2 says this. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For His unfailing love for us is powerful. For His unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Why don't you stand to your feet? I know we've had a great week so far. And I know that, I do know that there are some people here in the room and you might be still waiting for your suddenly, still waiting for your miracle, still waiting for the foundations of your prison to be shook still waiting for the breakthrough. I invite you tonight, as we lift up the song, as we lift up more worship, more praise, that you would declare with your mouth, that you would lift your hands high and you would say, God, Your love for me is unfailing and your faithfulness endures forever. So I bring my faith to the table. Come on, every person in here, come on, bring your faith to the table. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Bring your faith to the table. Come on, participate. Participate tonight in your miracle. Some of you, you've been participating for five years. Come on, another night, another night, another night, lift those hands. Another night, let that confession, let that confession come out of your mouth. Another night, believe again, believe again. Your faith, my faith, our faith. Come on, let's believe. His faithfulness endures forever. Was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured out the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus, telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, 
It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where He was for the next two days. If praise allows for proximity, then worship would allow for intimacy. But what happens when your worship and your ask is met with silence? And we all know that feeling. When you've been walking with Jesus and you've asked and you've hoped and your heart's desire has been for Him and somehow you feel as though you've been met with silence. Now we see in this story that Jesus knew exactly what was going on. That in fact, He had met the problem, the challenge, the struggle, the hurt, the disappointment, the grief, the exhaustion, the tiredness, the sickness, he had met it with an answer, yes. But there was some time in between. What happens when there is silence? I think we should make no mistake that that silence was motivated by love. Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, but he still waited for two days. I think when you cannot hear God, sometimes we find that he has trusted us in the most intimate way with silence. He's trusted us with a wait. And what draws a greater intimacy is that in the wait, we don't just stand and hope that things are gonna change just because. But I have learned that the wait should be filled with worship. Because when I meet with silence, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. When things don't seem to be going my way or when my heart has been shattered, I don't know what else to do but to wait and to worship.
at the end of 2017, my husband, Ben, and I, he was, if you were here for pre-show, Ben's my husband, he was Luigi. There's no shortage of laughter in our household. <laughs> for the end of last year, Ben and I, we found out that we were pregnant. And I was so excited. And so what happened uh, in, in October, we had the privilege of visiting our friends in Equipers London, Pastor Mark and Monica Collard. We were there for Revolution Tour in London and we were also there for a women's conference. Well, I was there for the women's conference, not Ben. And so we were there serving the Lord and I was so excited to be pregnant. And I remember on Wednesday afternoon, after we had done, I think, four school programs that day, I remember going back to the hotel and the next maybe four hours were horrific as I went through a miscarriage. And it's, it's a crazy thing to be walking in faith and, and living out the call of God on your life and to suffer tragedy and silence. And I remember being in the hotel room and away from family, literally on the other side of the world. And I remember uh, just being really afraid to just look at God, let alone talk to Him. And I, re I remember I did and I, I just leaned into God and I, I just said, God, I'm listening. Do you know what God said? God took me to His Word. And I thought He would take me to perhaps the Psalms, you know, make me feel good. You are loved, daughter. But instead, he took me to Job. Right? I know, I know. I was like, really? Of all the times, of all the times that I deserve some comfort, Jesus, you wanna take me to Job. And so I went to Job. And in chapter 23, in verse 10, I felt God challenge me <laughs> that this would be my confession, that He can cross-examine me all He wants. I'll pass the test with honors. I followed Him closely, my feet in His footprints, not once swerving from His way. I've obeyed every word He has spoken and not just obeyed his advice, I've treasured it. When you are met with silence and the suddenly isn't there yet, I pray, I pray that you would treasure the Word of God and his presence. And I pray that you would lift worship, and in that space, 
as I went, as I went against my feelings and I went with faith and I began to declare anyway, God, you are my God. And I will worship. And I will lift you up. The first mention of worship in the Word of God, we know this is from Abraham when God asked him to sacrifice his son. So worship at its first mention in the Bible is used to describe a man who would hold nothing back from God. And so what is worship? Worship is where you hold nothing back from God. Not even your disappointment. Because some of us treasure it. Some of us hold the disappointment close. We hold the fear close. We hold the insecurity close. But worship is saying, I give it to you, God. I give it to you, God. That's what we're doing. This is what we're doing tonight. And you've got to understand, as I said earlier, there is an exchange that occurs when there's proximity and intimacy. So what was ashes, he returns beauty. And so when we worship, come on, it allows for the exchange. It allows for the exchange. God, I give you my grief, you give me joy. God, I give you my struggle, you give me hope. God, I give it to you, I give it to you, but it only happens in proximity and with intimacy. You've gotta be close enough. It's, you've, it's gotta be something that you treasure in your heart. You've, that's what you gotta give, that's worship. It's not just preference. It's not just what we prefer to do in this environment, but that which is close to us, close to our hearts, God, I give it to you. That's worship. That which surrounds me, that which is close to me, I give it to you. My dreams, my hopes, my desires, my disappointments, my past, my present, my future, my spouse, my children, I give them to you, God. And so tonight, I believe that God's gonna release miracles as we worship, as we worship, as we worship, as we lift our hands, as we build an altar, as we lay on it the very precious things to us, as we say, God, it is yours, I surrender it. I've lived with it for so long, but I give it up. That is not who I am. That is not, that does not define me anymore, but I give it to you, God. That is worship, that is worship. And so in this moment, the team, we're gonna lift up just one more song. And in that song, if you know, you've got things you need to exchange. 
If you know you need to lay some things at the altar, if you know that worship perhaps has been a slow song for you, I pray tonight that you would take the opportunity to shift that. I pray tonight you would get out of your seat and you would sacrifice. Why, why do we encourage you to get out of your seat and walk down the front? I think it's the modern equivalent of building an altar. It's, 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 it's moving aside, move, move. I've got freedom to get to, excuse me, excuse me. I know everyone can watch me moving out of my seat and going down the front, but I've got worship to give to God. I've got a worship to give to Him. I need to let this go, I need to give it to Him. Whatever it is, whatever it is, come on, we gotta lay it on the altar. And as you lay it on the altar, I pray a divine exchange would occur. I pray as you lift your hands and as you sing this song that you would call heaven to earth. That with your confession and with your worship, you would call heaven to earth. So come on, move. If you know, if you know, perhaps you've been met with silence and now It is time for you to worship. I pray you would stand with us. I pray you would lift your hands. I pray you would move and I pray you would worship.